everything is an argument, including this title. We could argue that. <laughs> Welcome back to Coffee and Commas, the English Professor's Podcast with Professor Chandler. And Professor Parker. All right. So today we're going to discuss arguments and uh, not just as exhausting political debates that are dominating our social media and our news stations right now, but all the arguments, the debates and persuasion that surrounds us on a daily basis. Right? Right. All right. I mean, you're probably making arguments all day long, even if you're one of those super laid back people that are like, I just don't like to argue. I don't want to fight. I don't want to. You're, you're fighting with me right now. Make love, not war. <laughs> hey, that's a claim. That's a claim. So <laughs> I'm we're going to. taking it. <laughs> so I'm thinking, okay, let, let, let's just pick any topic. What's your favorite song? Give me a song. Really, my favorite song? Yeah. Give me a couple. Let's okay, play around a couple. so like right now, like anything from Marin Morris. Yeah, but my favorites. Gosh, they change from time to time. But okay, so. So hers really aren't all that great. Go ahead. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, they're great to me. <laughs> Not right? a big change. Isn't that the argument? Okay. <laughs> they're great to me. God, why am I drawing a blank? Um. Well, let's just pick something by George Strait. George Strait. Troubadour. Okay. Okay. Do you even know that song? I well, I love no, I do. I love George Strait. Okay. I love real country. Right. I don't like this modern stuff that's on TV. Oh, see, I do. About cut off jeans and pickup trucks and going to a bar. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, that's I'm the more, life we want to live. I am more okay, you know what? I'm more of like Dolly Parton okay. and I do like George Strait and Garth. You like Brooks. Jolene. I love Jolene, <laughs> jo although I'm thinking right now there's a lot of girls who are thinking, Jolene, please come take my man. <laughs> please come take my man. <laughs> so, um, so the fact that I don't even like modern country all that much, unless it's Turnpike Troubadours, which they're glorious, or Chris Stapleton, hallelujah. Um, but they're not like modern country. They're not modern country. They're more right. old school stuff that right. I grew up with. Um Waylon and Willie and the boys. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So I love I love all of that kind of stuff, but just saying that I think modern country is a mockery. A mockery. <laughs> a mockery. This isn't of church. Our <laughs> of our I don't know. Yeah. Um of our of our classic great country music is an argument. True. Right? I might be able to argue it's a different genre. It is a very different genre. Yeah. It is. I mean, these people are like from Australia or New York. They're not even are from the South. Are you talking about South. Keith Urban? <laughs> oh my I'm gosh. just saying. Don't talk about When you about come Keith from Urban. California and you are trying to put on your cowboy hat and, right. you know, speak my language or my accent, which I cover pretty well most of the time, <laughs> unless we're talking about something I'm passionate about, then, uh, then yeah, I'd, I'd argue that you're probably, you're a different genre. You're, you're trying to step into my world. Um but uh, but that's just music, music in general, right? right? So any one of you guys can sit there and say, well, I don't even like country. I don't know why you guys are talking about it so much. There's much better music to listen to. Well, you're arguing already. Right. Um, you know, when I did an introduce yourself kind of discussion board on mine, mm -hmm. I, I had a ton of students say they like country and hip hop. Which to me, well, those that's are so modern very, country tries to be hip hop today. So different. <laughs> I thought that was really interesting, though. But I don't even, I don't even know a hip hop song that I. I don't. Well, know. see now, I love Post Malone. Um, I don't know. All those weird tattoos kind of creep me out with Post. 
Um, I'm just going to not get on the discussion I, I of tattoos. I probably shouldn't say that. Because right? I have three. All right. So let's. Let's look here. All right. So you can't think of a specific song too much um, other than Troubadour. But I've got I've got a few. Let me tell you some of my favorites. I've got Nina Simone, I'm Feeling Good. Right? Okay. I'm not going to sing it for you because okay. y'all will never listen to another podcast. Because I don't know if I know that one. Allison Krauss and Brad Paisley, Whiskey totally, Lullaby. Totally love that one. Yeah. Uh-huh. And Louis Armstrong's It's a Wonderful World. Right. I like Wonderful World, too. Yeah. Yeah. What if I say every one of these songs that I love are protest songs? Yeah, see, that freaks me out a little bit. I, <laughs> I, I don't see how the Wonderful World song is a protest song. Whiskey Lullaby can sing. Yeah. Yeah. They all are. So yeah. Nina Simone's I'm Feeling Good is... Uh, it's playing around with the whole civil rights movement and the denigration and subjugation that many people were experiencing. And she's rising. She is rising and overcoming all of that, and she is feeling good, right? I just like that I you love use that song. denigration and <laughs> subjugation in a sentence. Like, she... Professor Chandler's really, really smart. <laughs> no, I'm also actually good at Scrabble. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Allison Krauss and Brad Paisley. I'm going to put a link on my on my page for you guys to listen to these songs if you haven't heard them. Uh, I'm feeling good is usually covered at least once every uh, American Idol edition or <laughs> one of the you know what's the other one with um ooh, the the cute guy with all the tattoos, Adam Levine. Yeah. 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 Marie so, yeah, yeah. So that whatever the voice, the voice. There's usually someone on there covering that too. Um, Whiskey Lullaby, you don't hear so much, but if you listen to that one, I man, for the longest time I couldn't even make it through that song without crying. Right. And I'm not really an alcoholic sad. or married to an alcoholic, but I was there. Like I, I got it. Really I understood strong trauma. Imagery. Really strong. Yes, yeah. and the video just showing you know the trauma of war and the effects that it has on both the you know, the veteran and their spouse was super profound. Um, Louis Armstrong's It's a Wonderful World. Man, I love it. I love to listen to the song. Right. I love to listen. I'm, I listen to it when I'm making dinner. I listen to it, you know, when I'm feeling great. Um, when I'm not soothing. feeling great. It's yeah. I'm having friends Peaceful. over for cocktails, that kind of stuff. This is the music that's playing in the background. But I'm also cognizant of the fact that this was written in 1967. And so here we are again in the midst of the civil rights movement. And we have this black man who is just basically saying, I see a world that could be so much better than the one I'm living in right now. Right. You know? Right. And I think there's a level of irony there as, you know, we have these laws that we're debating whether or not you know, you know, blacks and whites can even share a space. And he's saying he sees a wonderful world mm -hmm. that is full of beauty and kindness. And that just kind of wrecks me a little bit, right. you know? Right. So all of these songs that we're listening to, I mean, we were talking a little bit before the podcast, Born in the USA with Bruce Springsteen <laughs> is so ironic that Ronald Reagan used this song during his uh, presidential campaign because it is not a patriotic song. Right. It's Making almost kind of America. Well, it's criticizing yeah, it for criticizing. sure. Yeah. I mean, it's talking about how we turned our back on veterans, right? You know, right. and the trauma that they experienced, and how it led to this veteran to end up in jail. 
Right. You know, and we and we're here we're like, what a great patriotic song. <laughs> we just totally, you know, dismissed our well, veterans' I mean, cries. The, the chorus, born in the USA. That's the know, only thing. It, is... It's because no one else can understand anything else coming out of Bruce Springsteen's mouth, right? So we're like, oh it's yeah, yeah, gravity. I got that one. It's too gravity. I like that one. So, yeah. man, I'm gonna see. I'll, I'll see if I can post a couple links for you. Everybody knows the original one. Well, some of you guys are probably saying, no, I don't. But if you are walking around at any park on the 4th of July, you're like, oh, I do know this yeah. one. Yeah. You don't understand it because it's so heavy, drums and guitar. But if you listen to his acoustic version, and I'll post that up for you, uh, it mm -hmm. slows it down, and he's just simply playing the acoustic guitar, and you hear every word, and you're like, oh, my goodness, is this even the same song? Right. You know? Right. So it's really good, and you realize, wow, that's a protest song. Pink. What about us? We were talking about that one too. Right. A lot of people are like, oh, this is a breakup song. No, it's not. Well, I mean, I guess it is. It's a breakup of, you know, politicians and the people they represent. Right. So they've left us behind. They've left us behind. What about us? You said you're going right. to do all these things for us and right. then you don't. Right. So I, I just love music. I love playing around with this. This is what analysis really is. This is the core of what we hope that you take away in our class to take anything that is put in front of you, the articles that you're getting in history, the you know articles you're getting in your science classes, in your English classes, in your psychology classes, and to say, wait a minute, what are they really saying here? Exactly, and that takes, I mean, I think that takes some time. Yes. We, we have, I don't know about anyone else, but we've come, become so accustomed to skimming because <laughs> we got all this social media, we've yeah. got so much information that when we're, kind of bombarded with yeah. in the news and uh, in the emails that I found myself skimming a lot. So yes. I miss the deeper points because I don't dig deep enough into the information mm -hmm. well, none of us to are. get the real story. Man, that, oh, that just reminds me of this fantastic book that I read, and it's called Deep Work by Cal Newport. And he essentially is arguing that, you know, no one knows how to focus anymore. We have been trained to scroll through information in like one second increments on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. We don't even click in and read the article anymore. And sometimes the article even say, this takes two minutes to read or three minutes to read. And it's because we don't know how to concentrate. We don't know how to focus. And the thing is, is we'll look into it. Oh, five minutes. I don't want to spend five minutes reading this. Right. Um, so we read the headline we, and make an opinion. Or no, we've reduced even the headline to a meme. <laughs> You know, her uh, Dolly Parton's face is going to tell me everything I need to know about this situation. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Sometimes they're not wrong, right. but <laughs> but but it is it is what it is. And one of the things that they're showing in these studies is like, I mean, we are literally rewiring our brains. Wow. Right. Mm -hmm. But you can rewire rewire them back. Reverse you can it, yeah. you can reverse it. Yeah, you're constantly training your brain. You keep doing the same thing over again so when it's going to do that when i taught study skills you know that's called neuroplasticity mm -hmm. yeah and i love using that word because it See, sounds like, it, that's like a we're great so scrabble word mm -hmm. yeah neuroplasticity uh, any yeah. more tiles mm -hmm. anyway yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> use that word it'll make you sound smart yeah yeah so one of the other things is um those who do retrain their brains to learn to focus longer mm -hmm. are the most successful so we're basically telling you to go against everything else that's out there. Read the article, dig deeper, look beyond the meme, look beyond the, the title of the song or the chorus that you hear and dig into those lyrics because that's where the meat is. I, I think that's a, probably a good lesson too is we're in this online environment. 
because I've noticed students asking a lot of questions mm -hmm. that have been covered in the content mm -hmm. and they're wanting to skim it and just think they understand it. And so instead of reading through the content, really absorbing it, mm -hmm. they're asking me questions that are right there. So uh, maybe being online is gonna help us retrain our brain. So I do want to point out here, for those of you guys that do listen to the podcast and are hanging in, uh, there is this little thing called a completion summary. And it tells us as instructors uh, which students have gone in and actually completed the assignment and read the information. So if you're not clicking the button and reading down to the bottom, we know. It tells right. us. It tells us right. who's completed it and who still has not completed the assignment. So it's right. kind of funny when we get those questions based on something we're like, oh, that's in that third handout. But, <laughs> but I mean, that's one of the reasons we're trying to do these podcasts because we know it's information overload. You're taking, right. you know, a couple classes. Uh, you're doing it in eight weeks. You're at home. You're, some of you guys are homeschooling your kids at the same time. Right. Life is not normal right now. So we want to reach out to you and maybe you're cooking dinner and you're like, oh yeah, I should probably make sure I complete those things because my <laughs> professor knows. All of your professors know, it's not just our class, like right. it's across the board. Right. So there's a good tip for you. All right, so one of the things we're hoping you take away is to read things deeper. And I wanna get into that, like how in the world do I come up with these crazy assumptions that everything is an argument, all these songs. Um, so. Here's here's what so I is do. Is that like an argument like we're going to fight? No. Are you sure? Yeah, so this Wouldn't is Wouldn't it be fun to hear us fight though? <laughs> really? No. No. I would slaughter this her. This is not probably <laughs> I'm kidding. no I'm probably. No. This is not debate <laughs> argument. No, this is a different kind of argument. Yes, so. an argument in academia is not the same thing that you're seeing on Twitter or hearing on Facebook. It's not about calling people names or making someone feel bad or showing off your intelligence. It is simply taking a stand on something. And sometimes that stand is, is gentle, right? right? right. And, and it is saying, but here's my evidence and here's why I think so. Right. Um, and we're going to get into this thing called Renskew later, which is my favorite way of defending any position that I take. But if you're calling someone names, if you're getting mad, if things have moved to all caps, if you're starting to tear people down, you're losing your argument. Right. I tell my kids this all the time. The second I see, you know, someone's yelling or crying, they've lost that argument. Right. It's become emotional and we are no longer walking anywhere near facts or evidence or reasoning, logic, any of that kind of stuff. Right. So here's what I do. Like if I'm listening to a song and I'm, I wanna use this for analysis and, and, and some of you guys in my class, you know, may have this assignment, you know, where I ask you to analyze music. Um, the first thing I'm gonna look at is the lyrics, right? Print them out because half the time you can't understand anything that they're saying and that's purposeful <laughs> because we realized how terrible Justin Bieber songs were, we would stop listening, <laughs> right? I read those lyrics. I, I go through line by line. I highlight them. I tear them up. I you tear up my like, books. You don't like baby, baby, baby. Oh, oh. Lord have mercy. <laughs> so, no, I, I don't. I don't love it. Um, but I do this with my books. I do this with my articles. I tear things up. I, I highlight. I write in them. Mm -hmm. I post it notes. All those people who are like, oh, but this is a museum artifact aren't actually reading them and or not reading them deeply. Consume your books. They're yours, you're buying them, print out those articles, write all over them. I mean, that's that's what right. that's what we do as scholars. Like it's okay, mark them all up. I mean, if it's the libraries you borrowed someone else's, like, don't do that. No. But <laughs> but it but if it's yours and you're printing something out, you don't have to keep it pristine. Get your ideas out there, it's gonna help you later. Right. Right. I'll even write notes in the margins. So when I come back to it, mm -hmm. 
I'll know right where to go in the article to find the information. Yes. If it's a song and we're talking about, um, I don't know, Vietnam, I'll circle some key evidence points. Yeah. And I'll... Yeah, and then if you you keep going through it and you're like, oh, this is also about Vietnam, then you draw a big arrow down, like, here's another one. I got another piece of evidence that's going in my paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to look at lyrics, but I'm also going to look at music, and I'm going to consider what's the tone. What kind of instruments are being played? Like, I told you a little bit of the difference. Once Bruce Springsteen, Bruce Springsteen, I can say his name. Or Bruce Springsteen. Whatever. It's been a long week, y'all. I don't know. (laughs) Spleen. Bruce Springsteen. Once he moved, born in the USA, over to the acoustic guitar, Mm -hmm. and he slowed everything down, and we could... Focus on the lyrics that he was saying. And we no longer had drums and, you know, the heavy guitar. Mm-hmm. Everything was focusing on what he was saying. And it changed the meaning of the song. Right. And this is why the people at, you know, Reagan's convention did not realize they weren't using a patriotic song because it sounds patriotic when you hide the lyrics with the drums. Mm-hmm. Right? And the guitar. You can't hear it. And Bruce Springsteen was probably laughing all the way. He hated it. Yeah. He absolutely hated it. He yeah. just felt like people just didn't get him. Right. You know, like right. what a mockery of his song that he's using to support veterans mm-hmm. and to protest their mistreatment is now being used as a political party saying how great America is. And he's saying, we can be better. Absolutely. You're missing the point. We can be better. Mm-hmm. Right? right? All right. So we want to listen to the music. We want to listen. I mean, is there a lot of like horns, piano, all of those are rhetorical choices in right. music? Right. Um, what kind of mood is being set? Is this a hopeful song? You know, is this dark? Is this angry? Like if I'm listening to Evanescence versus Louis Armstrong, there's going to be a difference. You right? know, I was just thinking about um, Michael Jackson's song, um, Billie Jean. Mm-hmm. Oh, you yeah. Know, I, it took me a long time because it, the, the Michael Jackson real version is so angry sounding. Yeah. You know, he's being accused of something mm-hmm. he's saying he didn't do. I couldn't even understand the words, though, until they did an acoustic version. And I'm like, hey, oh, hey is this I that same it. song? I yeah. get it now. I get it. Yeah. So tone yeah. definitely. I knew the tone. I knew what he was angry about something. I just couldn't understand what. <laughs> so this idea of lyrics and tone and mood, it's not just limited to what we're talking about with songs. We can use this with film. We can use this with articles. We can use this with poetry, with short story, with novels. Mm-hmm. You know, what's being said? What What's the tone of this being said? Mm-hmm. And what kind of mood is surrounding this? You know, like these are different ways that we can think about um, as we start to look for evidence to support our argument. Right? Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So so this all brings us to the finale. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> When you have that first essay submitted, right, handed to you, here's your prompt. Right. How are you going to tackle it? What do you need to do? What are the first things that you're going to do when you get this prompt? Don't freak out. That's not a good one. Don't freak out. Don't freak out. Or if you do, only give yourself two minutes because then you got to get to work, right? right. You can be like, oh, my gosh, she wants 500 words. (laughs) Um, 500 words is only two pages. Type double space. It's not that long. You can do this. So here's here's my tips. First thing, take a deep breath because you're going to rock this, right? The second thing you're going to do is go directly to the prompt. What is it asking you? Sometimes your essays are going to ask a question. Flip that question on its head and turn it into your response. Right. Right? Right. So if it says take a stand on vaccinations, 
right? Immediately, right. vaccinations is going to be in my thesis statement. Right. And we'll get into thesis statements a little bit later. But you're going to make sure you're using the words of the prompt in your response, right? So and why do we do that? I mean, think about that. As your instructor, professor, teacher, whatever you want to call us, is reading that, she's looking for evidence right. that you read the question and you're writing on what the prompt was, right? Right, right. So if you use those words back with her or him. It's going to ground your right. your response exactly That'll what you're supposed like, to be doing. Oh, bingo, yes. she, they got it. Man, I mean, sometimes I sit down and I immediately start brainstorming, mm -hmm. and I'll find myself like, you know, 14 miles away from the actual question that was asked of me because right. I do that. I overthink things or... I overanalyze. The next thing you know, I'm talking about Jane Austen. And uh, so, so that prompt, once I, once I see that prompt, it's asking me something. I make sure that I respond. I have some type of thesis statement that responds using the words of the prompt. The second thing I do is I want to lay out three things. If I can come up with three things on any essay, mm -hmm. whether they're reasons or examples, um, you know, types of evidence, then I can write a paper. Right. Because those three right. things can be turned into three body paragraphs. I add an introduction and a conclusion and I'm done. Wrap right? It mm -hmm. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. done. So in this case, if I'm writing about music, I'm going to focus on the lyrics. I'm going to focus on the mood. And I'm going to focus on the tone, right? What instruments are being used? I'm just going to, I'm going to play around with that. And I'm going to prove my point based on that. So same thing with any type of argument. Anytime someone tells me to take a stand, I'm going to find three reasons why. Right. Or three examples to support my position. And because is not an example. No. Just no, because, because you I say said it so. doesn't make, yeah. make it true. Right? I, so here's the downside of being um, a, a rhetoric teacher is I've brought my kids up to defend positions. So if I tell them, no, you can't have a sleepover tonight because I said so. And they're like, because I said so is not a good enough reason. <laughs> right? I need logos. I need pathos. I need right. ethos. Like right. my kids will, yeah, they'll flay me. <laughs> but, um, but the same thing when you're writing your responses, we just want to make sure that you're using evidence. So maybe there's two lines in that, you know, song that you're responding to. And in the first paragraph, you're going to talk about that. So you're going to make some kind of claim about it. You're going to define what you mean right? Then you're going to use that lyric in, you know, somewhere around that third paragraph, I say, you know, like that you have textual evidence. You want to use textual evidence. Mm -hmm. Explain how that lyric proves your point that you said in the first sentence and then write a conclusion. Move on to the next one. That paragraph is written, right? Right. right. So we'll get into that whole setup pretty soon. We'll talk about that next week. Those are academic paragraphs. Um, but you just want to take your prompt, make sure you're staying on that prompt, and find three things to talk about and you're going to be absolutely fine yeah right? i would say read and reread the prompt just make yes. sure you're answering the question mm -hmm. that you've been assigned right and here's the thing after you write your essay before you turn it in go back and ask yourself did i answer this prompt right Right, because right. sometimes we we get sidetracked that's normal that's part of the All editing process the Yes, all about the it's prompt. All about the prompt. Okay, sorry. <laughs> so, alrighty, guys. I hope you have a great week. I hope this helps you as you get started on those very first essays. And you got this. You've got this. You do. And you know what? Revision is key. Right. And and we support you in this process. Just Reach remember, out to your us. first draft is not going to be your best draft. It's not. It's yeah. not. None it's of us. None of us write perfect to start. So. Right. Get going and edit. 
Exactly. And get Grammarly. <laughs> Have a great week, guys.